What is up, Steeler Nation, and welcome into the third edition of the Yenzational Podcast. It has been a pretty long break since you have last heard from us. We took a little bit of a holiday hiatus, uh, you know, spending time with family. It was a little rough for us to try and find some time uh, to connect over the holidays, but we are here. And a lot has happened since the last time uh, that we were together. We played two games. Uh, one of which was against the Indianapolis Colts, where the Steelers looked absolutely dead in the water, down 24-7 in the third quarter until they came raging back with three touchdowns in the last, I'd say, about 20 minutes of the game to win again 28-24 to against the Colts at home. And then they ended the season resting a bunch of starters uh, like Cameron Hayward, T.J. Watt, uh, Big Ben, guys like that in order to give them the proper rest. So we lost against Cleveland, wrapping up the season, being 12-4. and four, And we get, to, we get to run it back with the Browns after week 17, uh, playing them pretty well. Uh, 24-22 loss. Mason Rudolph looked pretty solid in that game. Uh, so, guys, what can we take away for this matchup against Cleveland? We were talking about it a couple weeks ago about how this was going to be a favorable matchup for the Steelers. Uh, so let's see how this game goes and, and what are our takeaways for this game, uh, Wild Card Weekend, against the rival Browns. All right, I'll go first, man. I'll tell you what, it was a roller coaster of emotions more or less. I mean, the great comeback against Indianapolis was something to behold. I mean, as a fan going all year long, you know, having our ups and downs and seeing the comeback against Indianapolis really had me riding at an all-time high, at least for this season. And then going into the Cleveland game last week, you know, uh, sitting some of those guys, I knew what I kind of expected going in. You know, things were going to shake out a different way, but we were just being safe and being modest and whatever happened, happened, you know. But what we look forward to is this week – and I tell you what, guys, I'm more pumped than I've been in a long time for a Steelers game. And I tell you what, I think this one is going to be one to watch because I think Big Ben has got a chip on his shoulder. I think he may know that this this uh, postseason may be his last hoorah. And uh, we'll have to see what unfolds. Without doubt. Without doubt, fellas. Um, it is playoff football. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been the joke around social media for the last three and a half weeks. And personally, I would like to see it into that. Um, I believe that this game is a statement game. It is not only just a statement game. It is a statement game of physicality where Pittsburgh Steelers need to go out and punch them in the mouth, control the line of scrimmage. They need to catch the ball. They need to get after Baker Mayfield. If they want any shot, any shot of really just controlling the game, they have to get after the quarterback. They have to get they have to get turnovers. They have to do things that takes Cleveland out of the game completely. This has to be a dominant performance. Like I, I kid you not. Like I understand, you know, like if they want to get where they want to get and they want people to kind of respect them, this has to be a dominant performance. And I think that that's I think it's going to be a dominant performance because I think, like John said, Big Ben has the chip on his shoulder. He knows that this could be the last ride. But it might be the last ride for a few other people too. So you just have to see. You just really have to see. And we just, we just never know what's at stake with this game, man. It's a lot riding on this game. I think personally, fellas, that the Pittsburgh Steelers have to win this game. Um, this, this loss against the Cleveland Browns 
if it were to happen this weekend, I think it would probably it would probably be worse for the fan base and worse for the Pittsburgh Steelers than it was the last time we saw the Steelers in the playoffs when they lost in the divisional round uh, to the Blake Bortles-led Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, so, yeah, there's no excuse really for me uh, for the Steelers not to get this win this weekend. Number one, Mason Rudolph threw for over 300 yards against this Browns defense. And, I mean, Cleveland was pretty healthy. I mean, I get it. COVID has really been messing with this Cleveland team this past week, and they're not going to have a lot of guys. They're missing offensive linemen. They're missing defenders. They're missing playmakers. They're going to be missing a lot of dudes. On top of that, they're missing their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, in this game. And we all know that Kevin Stefanski has been a huge difference maker in Cleveland this year. His play calling has been excellent in the way that he has used his running game and uh, basically elevated uh, Baker Mayfield in this offense. It has, you know, gotten to speak a lot of wonders around the league. So not having him, not having those adjustments is huge. And on top of that, you're getting guys like Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt back on that defensive front. Robert Spillane's coming back. Vince Williams was a full participant. Terrell Edmonds is coming back. I mean, this defense is healthy for the first time in a very, very long time. And we haven't seen that since before the losing streak. So it's going to be huge to see that. I know Joe Hayden is not playing in this game, but we mentioned it pre-show about how a lot of these young corners have come in and step up. We're talking about Cam Sutton, Justin Lane, and these boys. They can come in and make plays. I think they can hold it down. I think they can control the line of scrimmage. And with that being said, I think that they, this game could be an easy win for them if they come out focused and firing and ready to go. And, Junior, you mentioned it. Mike Hilton, man, that man has been playing his ass off. Like He's been playing his behind off. And I think Mike Hilton is the best slot corner in the whole league. That, that might be a hot take, but he is, he is a playmaker. He is easily the best slot corner in the league to me. 100% yeah, agree. And that's what I said. Like, like I said, like, it's crazy you guys say that, but like, I'm pretty much saying it, this could be the last ride for some people, some folks, because some folks are going to want some money. So if they want to like, man, it's, it's going to come down to them playing Steelers ball, man. Like, this is the Cleveland Browns. Like, it is go time. Like, it is go time. They want to win? They need to do what they do. And I think, I think too, what Junie mentioned about Stefanski being out, I think a key in this game is to get Baker Mayfield uncomfortable. And I think he's found some sense of comfort with Stefanski. So I think if you get Mayfield out of a groove, out of a rhythm, and you get that defense after him, I think you could easily shake his nerves. I think Mayfield thrives in a comfortable situation. I don't think he's a quarterback that can take over a game on his own. I think he has to have things go his way. So I think if we disrupt him, get in his head, you know, shake him up a little bit, get a couple sacks early, and get him out of the flow, you know, get him out of his rhythm, I think that'll make a big difference. But in terms of winning this game, Mark, as you mentioned, it's the Cleveland Browns. You never want to lose to the Cleveland Browns because they've been a, a carousel of emotions for several, several years. And when you look at the trajectory of this franchise for the Steelers, you know, like you said, a lot of guys may be going out the door at the end of the year. I saw something on Twitter this past week. It was a laundry list of people that we're going to have to end up paying if we want guys to stay. But we're going to have to make simple decisions down the line. But winning this game is going to put the, the franchise going one way or another. You lose, and you, it might go down the rabbit hole. But if you win, you know that there's bright spots down the line. Yeah. 
No, no. I, I mean, guys, I definitely agree. This season and this playoffs, uh, Ben was talking about it. I mean, it may be his last. There is a slew of people that John just mentioned that we have to re-sign. We have to pick and choose. I mean, you're talking about big names. Bud Dupree, Mike Hilton, Juju Smith-Schuster, just to name a few. And on top of that, a lot of guys that come in uh, and add a lot of depth to a lot of positions. So, I mean, this team right now, I mean, when they were 11-0, and 0, they were talking about how it just felt like everything was coming together at the right time. Obviously, we've lost four of our last five games. And, I mean, outside of that second half in Indy, these, these last five weeks haven't really looked that great. Um, so, with that being said, it's just – Having all these guys come back, we have to take advantage. They have to come in buttoned up, dialed in, and ready to go against Cleveland. And there's no reason why they shouldn't win this game. There's no excuse. This will be the worst Pittsburgh Steelers loss since losing to Tim Tebow in the Denver Broncos in 2011 after you know, losing the Super Bowl the year prior. That is what that is what we're looking at right now, fellas. And there's just no excuse. We have the best defensive front in football. The the Browns O line is banged up. We are going to have looks on Baker Mayfield and the way that we force him into mistakes is to get pressure on him guys baker mayfield the lat like the the tail end of the season has only thrown one pick they haven't played that much competition and he hasn't been pressured as much as he was early on the steelers have got to get to him they've got to force toner turnovers and they've got to make him feel uncomfortable because that is going to be the key to winning also secondly nick chubb Cam, Cam Hayward came out and said it to the media this week that he thinks that the Browns were holding him back. So that's another thing, too, is making sure we fill in those gaps, stop the run, and do not let that train of a man, Nick Chubb, get going. Because if the run game gets going, Cleveland is going to stay in this football game through the duration of 60 minutes. And I think, too, you mentioned Nick Chubb. I mean, Kareem Hunt as well. Kareem Hunt has got the – it's kind of a one-two punch there in Cleveland. Chubb's been – the horse, you know, been the been the guy they've relied on down the stretch. But Hunt comes in and makes big plays as well. So that's a two-headed monster that you got to worry about. But I think that, as you mentioned, Junie, the defense has got to get after Mayfield because if you shake him, I think it'll just be a trickle effect. I think it'll start shaking the rest of the roster for Cleveland. So big defensive day has got to be on the horizon for the Steelers. But it all it also comes down to offensive line play for the uh, Cleveland Browns as well, too. So, I mean, if you're missing guys and you have guys that haven't had – as much experience with each other, that runs into a loophole. But like I said, it's the NFL. So it's any given Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, whatever. So got to see, man. And, and let's also mention this as well. I mean, Cleveland hasn't practiced at all this week. Their facilities have been shut down. And on top of that, they only got about one or two days of practice the week before. So we're talking about a Cleveland Browns team that is coming into Pittsburgh, wild card weekend, no head coach, multiple players out on COVID reserve, multiple players injured. Like, guys, this has got to be a statement win by the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's absolutely no excuse that they shouldn't get this game done. And I'm sitting here telling you, I'm telling you that it will be a huge disappointment, but I think the guys are ready. The guys seemed amped up about it. And one guy in particular that seemed pretty amped up about it is our guy, Juju Smith-Schuster. And I mean, it's just one thing after another. The sports media has been getting under this guy's skin for every little thing he's done all season. Uh, so guys, I mean, he, he came out and said, you know, the nameless players on the Cleveland Browns, the same old Browns, 
uh, blah, blah. I mean, he said they were a good team. I mean, I don't think he necessarily meant it in the most disrespectful way, but obviously this choice of words uh, weren't really thought out, I don't think. So I wanted to hear y'all's take on this whole Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, controversy going into this Cleveland game and his, his so-called trash talk. Who gives a darn? Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I feel like this is one of those games where you're going to hear that, you know? He has every right to say that. Whatever he wants to say, he has every right to say that. Because one thing about Juju, I believe now he's at a point where, okay, I'm going to back it up. Like, I'm going to back it up. I know we're playing the Browns. Um, I know I made a statement that might not have been as way, uh, that might have seen as what it what it was said for. But it's like he said, and just like Coach Thomas said, it doesn't matter who we're playing. We're just excited to play whoever is in front of us. And that's exactly what Juju basically said. So all these hot takes about bulletin board material, you take it how you want. Regardless, there's bulletin, there's bulletin board material on both sides. So you can miss me with that. When it's AFC North divisional game, you don't that bulletin, that bulletin board material stuff, that's out the window. It's either who's going to get smacked in the mouth and who's going to drop the pants, pretty much like that. So Juju – Keep doing you, but it's going – you need to catch the ball and make some big plays, though, because it will definitely backfire on him. It's going to backfire like crazy if he doesn't. I mean, he's – I love seeing the the fire that's kind of built under him. I mean, nameless gray faces. I mean, go in go in and do do your thing. I mean, because I'd rather have him come in with that mentality, that mindset, than to be kind of patty-caking on the side, you know, talking big game about the the Browns saying that they're they're good at this and good at that. I'd, I'd rather him come in there with a chip on his shoulder. And I mean, if they're going to if they're going to order t-shirts to say that they won they got in the playoffs and if they're going to they're going to act like they won the Super Bowl by beating our uh with half of our guys missing, I go in and, and knock them around, knock them silly, do what you want to because Juju as we mentioned earlier, Juju's one of those guys we're going to have to pay in the offseason. So he's got to come out and make some big splash plays and uh, he's I think he's primed and ready to go. I'm thinking Juju's going to have a big game. See, I actually think the opposite, fellas, and here and here's why. Um, I and don't get me wrong. When it comes to what he said, I have no issue with what he said. I kind of reacted a little bit to it last night, uh, saying like, "Oh no, here we go again." But you know, when I sit when I sit here and think about it, when I sit here and think about it, Mark is right, one hundred percent. This is the Cleveland Browns. This is AFC North football. We don't like them, and they don't like us. And, I mean, when it comes down to what we've seen, especially in the last, like, year or so, dating back to the last season with the Miles Garrett, there is bulletin material all over this game. And there is nothing more than what the Pittsburgh Steelers want to do is to send Cleveland packing, going back home, ending their playoff run again after the, we did it 17 years ago. And speaking of 17 years ago in the 2002 playoffs, I just watched that old game of the last time the Browns were in the playoffs and they played the Steelers. Steelers came back the wind roaring. It's the renegade game. We all know what it is. But you want to know what else I saw in that game? I saw my guy, Joey Porter, pregame, getting up in Browns players' faces, talking that jab, letting them know what was up, letting them know what they were going to do to him. And that is this rivalry. These are two blue-collared industrial towns that love their football team. And I'm going to tell you what, it's nasty, it's ugly, it's going to be blue and purple, 
Bruises are going to be thrown. Injuries are going to be had. People are going to get carted off. And that's just what kind of game this is, okay? We usually see this. We usually talk about this with the Ravens. But with this resurgence of this Browns team, it's become a very similar rivalry in that sense. Uh, so I, I, I got to put it this way. I don't care what Juju says. And if anything, it's just going to give Juju the distraction. Although he's playing in the slot, a lot of those possession catches, the Browns are going to be all over that. You want to know what that's going to leave? Deontay Johnson and J- Chase Claypool over the top because we know this Browns secondary is not covering these Steelers' uh, talented receivers. And so let me tell you, I think Juju might be the, the Trojan horse in all this and get some of this distraction and let, uh, let, let him take on some of those hits. He's a big physical guy. He can take it and leave Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson to make some big splash plays in order to send us into the next round and potentially see a rematch up there in Buffalo. Fellas, 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 man. This gets me going, man. This gets me going. As I look, man, as I look back on the, you know, the season of 2020, right? Regular season. 11-0 and start. Things started going downhill. But in every champion, the role is not going to be easy. I was telling folks this the other day. People might think I'm crazy. People really might think I'm crazy. But them losing those games, it could bring an identity. The message is clear now. It's 0-0. Record 0-0. The goal is to go 4-0. But this week is to go 1-0. Week by week, you might run into teams that you're gonna start seeing again. It's all, it's all, it, it could all come into place, but it starts with number seven, number seven, number seven. All right, fellas. With that, with that being said, I think we kind of got into this game a pretty decent amount here. Uh, so, what we're gonna get into now, I want you all to name an X Factor player of the game. Who do you all think is the most important in order for the Steelers uh, to get this win? And what is our score predictions for this game? Let's start with you, John. All right, yeah, guys. I mean, I tell you what. Look, going into this game, my X Factor. You know, we talk a lot about you know Hayward and Watt getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback to it, doing his thing as well. I think an unsung hero of this defense, I believe, is Tyson Alualu. I think Tyson Alualu is big in this game because, as we mentioned earlier, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to do a lot of carrying the load for the Browns. As much as they want to rely on Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry to do their thing outside. I mean, you got to worry about those two backs more than anything. And I think Alu Alu has had a great season in stopping the run game. So I think him him clogging up that middle is going to open up the edge for our guys to make some big plays and get Mayfield on the ground. But I think that's the X factor on the defensive side is Alu Alu. But I, I am happy to see Spillane back as well. I think he's going to make a big difference too. But in terms of the score, fellas, I think it's going to be a good game throughout. I think the Steelers are going to pull out this dub. And I think as Renegade says, says, oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life. And that's what the Cleveland Browns are going to be. They're going to be fearing for their life because Pittsburgh is going to pull out this W 35 to 21. Ooh, Mr. Reynolds, Mr. Reynolds. I like that talk. I like that talk. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be confident in this game because like, like Junie said, like John said, it's the Cleveland Browns. We hate the Cleveland Browns. So I ain't going to sugarcoat nothing. And I think it's about who's, I hate to say this, but who's nuts are bigger than who's nuts, you know. And it's time for Pittsburgh to show they got the bigger, you know, all of us. So it's going to, but the X factor is definitely Ben Roethlisberger. It's Ben Roethlisberger. It's, can he control the game? Can Ben do what Ben has been doing to Cleveland? And, and Ben understands that. 
Ben understands that this game could be his last game. It could be a game of, of, of uncertainty. So I like that his approach and his press conferences and different things like that, that he understands that this is a good Cleveland team. Despite whatever might be going on, they're still going to bring their A game. And he understands that if he can lead, if he can get the ball to Ebron, if he can get the ball to, uh, to Chase Claypool and different guys and, and James Washington, a dark horse, and a crazy dark horse. That can be the factor, but it starts with Ben. Ben controlling the game, no huddle. I'm talking about moving the ball downfield, 15-yard slants back, 15-yard runs by James, uh, by James Conner. It's got to happen, but it starts with Ben Roxenberg. And I didn't get my prediction, so I'm going to go 21-7. Uh, to 7. 21 Still. to 21 7 and more defensive battle there. Uh, uh, personally, I think uh, there's too much offense in this game for it to be that low scoring. Uh, personally, I love that the Steelers got a lot of their starters back. I think Robert Spillane is my X-Factor player. Uh, him coming back, he's a lot more versatile when it comes to pass coverage and actually playing the run. We've seen him be very multi-dimensional uh, in that aspect of the game. So him along with Vince Williams uh, and then having Avery Williamson come in and that rotation of inside linebackers, just something that you know we haven't had in, in, in months uh, wholeheartedly. So Robert Spillane's return, I think, is huge. Uh, with that being said, though, I think another big aspect of this game is Big Ben, like you said. I mean, we saw some vertical passes against the Colts, and I think that might be something that they were saving for the playoffs and not, lotting, not wanting a lot of teams uh, to be able to pick up on some of these packages that they're doing. So if Ben can continue to throw the deep ball like he was doing against Indianapolis, get that rest. I know that, uh, you know, he was having some, 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 some uh, knee, knee problems earlier in the season a few weeks ago, and that was part of the reason why he was struggling a little bit. So hopefully this rest is exactly what he needed. He knows exactly what's up. This, like Mark said, this could potentially be his last game. This is huge for the Steelers. I think that they're going to win this game 33-21 to 21, uh, and get the win in Cleveland pretty handily. I think it's going to be a little bit back and forth, but I think the Steelers are going to have a constant uh, lead in this game and feel comfortable uh, throughout the duration. So 33-21 Steelers. I think all the returns coming in, hopefully Chris Boswell uh, can play in this game because I think uh, his field goal making ability uh, can make a huge difference as well. Uh, so, all right, guys, we just talked about this game, but here in I want to get into the other wildcard games. I know this is a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, but it's important to talk about some of these other games. So let's go around and let's make uh, some, some quick picks here. Uh, and we're going to start with the first game uh, with the Buffalo Bills playing uh, the Indianapolis Colts in Buffalo on Saturday. Who y'all got in that game? Let's make, it, let's make them real quick. I'm going to Colts, man. I'm going to Colts. You're going Colts. I'm going Colts. I'm going Colts. I feel like uh, I, I'm probably going to eat my words because I have a backup uh, prediction, but I'm just going to go with the Colts, man. I feel like that they have a really good run offense. Um, they have weapons on all, uh, on all, on the offense, and Phillip Rivers can do enough to confuse that Bill, uh, Buffalo Bills defense. But then he can also turn the ball over, too, so that can go either way. But the Indianapolis Colts defense, putting pressure on Josh Allen, um, Forrest Buckner, um, Darius Leonard, like they, those guys are, are monsters. Yeah. And Josh Allen, like, is it, – when when you play good defense, you know, it, it could be that. So, definitely going to be – I mean, uh, Colts, sorry. 
I'm going Bills all day. Mark, I'm going to have to pump the brakes on the Colts. I think Allen and Diggs and Beasley are just too much for Indy's defense, even though Indy does match up well. But I'm going Bills all day. I think Bills are a good matchup. Uh, or not the Bills, I'm sorry. I think the Colts are the one team that could really slow down the Bills. And I think it's a good matchup uh, that could call for a potential upset, but not today. The Bills are the hottest team in the NFL right now, and I'm taking the Bills. Uh, let's move on to the next game, and it's a big NFC rivalry game out there in the West. It's going to be the Rams uh, going to Seattle to play the Seahawks. And in this game, for me personally, I'm calling upset. I think the Rams match up with the Seahawks great. I think the Rams have, outside of us, I think they have a very, very good defense, probably the best defense in the playoffs, along with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But um, I think they're going to pull this upset. The Rams just always play the Seahawks hard, and the Seahawks offense hasn't been looking that great. I'm going Rams upset this weekend in Seattle. What about you guys? Uh, I'm going to go Seahawks. I'm not exactly sure. Is Jared Goff playing in this one? It is, it, it, back this week? it is not it is not official, but rumors had is that they're waiting uh, till game time, and I think that they're I think they're going to whip him out. I really do. Okay, if if golf plays, it'll be close, but I still think Seahawks pulled out. But if golf does not play for whatever reason, I think Seahawks handle this one easily. Russell Wilson is just doing his thing right now. I think he's going to do it in the playoffs at least. So I just I got Seahawks. Give me uh, Seattle as well. I think that they're um, they're more equipped for, for this game, given the fact that Jared Goff is coming off that injury, so give me the Seahawks. All right, and then the night game on Saturday, we got uh, Washington football team uh, playing against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to have to go up to the 7-9 and nine NFC East uh, divisional leaders there. And, I mean, it, it's, it's a big matchup, I think. I mean, I think Washington, what Washington has, their defensive line uh, can match up against Tampa Bay. But I think Tampa Bay is going to eke this one out. I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think uh, because of the matchup. But give me Tampa Bay by about three or four uh, in this game. It's going to be a closely contested one, maybe low scoring. Washington's held uh, their opponents under 20 points and under uh, the last I'd say about four or five weeks uh, so they've been looking pretty good here so give me Tampa Bay but not by a lot man. I'm gonna go with the Washington football team man I think right now that they're uh they're playing pretty good I think Washington's gonna pull out the upset I think Alex Smith man if you if you're gonna see anybody do good I want to see that guy do good but I'm telling you what the defense for Washington is is the big deal in this one Chase Young Montez Sweat Jonathan Allen doing their thing all season long that D-line is amazing so I'm gonna go with the Washington football team Give me Washington football team as well. I'm rocking with my boy Terry McLaurin. Let's go, baby. Terry McLaurin, that's my guy. So I, I got to rock with him. And, I, and I'm not a big Tom Brady fan, so I'm definitely going to pick them to take out Brady. So give me Washington with the upset. Whoa, I was not – yo, I was not expecting both of y'all to go with Washington here. Okay, I'm low with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, I think Brady's going to get it done. Uh but let's move on to Sunday here. You know, me being me living in Nashville right now, uh, this is a huge game because Titans fans, they really hate the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think y'all understand this, but they literally hate Baltimore probably just as much or if not more than they hate teams like the Colts or other teams in their own division or even the Steelers because, I mean, that rivalry goes back. So Ravens-Titans again after the Titans stunned them last year in the divisional round in Baltimore. This year, Baltimore has to come to Tennessee – uh, and I'm going Titans, fellas. I think the Titans are going to beat the Baltimore Ravens. I'm so serious. I'm not playing around. I'm not trying to sound like a Ravens hater because they're getting hot. But the Ravens haven't played anybody the last couple weeks. They haven't played nobody. They've literally had a cakewalk coming to this playoffs. They're going to be sleeping. And I think Derrick Henry is getting hot at the same time. So give me the Titans, fellas. What do you all think? Part of me wants to go Titans, but I think Lamar Jackson's, uh, his, his, his respect is on the line. 
it's, it's on the line. This is a respect game. And if Lamar Jackson wants to get paid, he needs to go out there and beat the Tennessee Titans. He has to. And I'm going to – I think they do that. I think if they can make Ryan Tannehill beat them or try to beat them, they have a shot at winning this game. So, go and give me the Ravens, man. I hate to say that, but I think the Ravens will win this game. Fellas, 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 they say lightning does not strike twice. And you know what? Lamar Jackson's going to get electrocuted because deja vu all over again. Tennessee is going to be honky-tonking come Sunday. So it's going to be uh, Tennessee Titans taking that dub. Peace, Ravens. Wow. Already. And, and, then, and then let's talk about this last one here, guys. Uh, another big matchup. I mean, it's, it has the biggest spread of the weekend, but it's the Bears barely slipping into that seven seed there in the NFC, and they're going up against a tough New Orleans team that's been red hot here in the second half of the season, fellas. So what do we got in that game? For me personally, I think that the Saints are going to roll over the Bears. I just don't think the Bears have enough offensively. Their defense is pretty good, but when you're going up against Drew Brees in this offense, Michael Thomas is coming back. This is the first First time we've seen Breeze, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara together since, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season. I think they got something coming for this playoffs after the last three years. Disappointing. Give me the Saints and give them to me by more than 10 points. I think the Saints are going to come in here, coming in red hot against these Chicago Bears. Hold the phone there, Junie. I don't think it's going to be that big of a blowout, but uh, I do. I am going to agree with you with the Saints getting the victory, but I think the Bears are going to keep this one close. Uh, I just think the defense for the Bears is going to keep it close because they're pretty talented. But I also think that Drew, B, Drew Brees is going to be a big factor as well. But Taysom Hill has done his thing all year too. So I think they're going to work him in also. But I am going to go with the Saints. But in a close one. Oh, when the Saints go marching in, <laughs> it's going to be a good game. The Bears defense, so I, I think they're spectacular. But if I think about it, I think the Saints get over the hump in playoffs. They'll get this dub. Well, there you have it. I mean, th those are all the wild card picks. I mean, we got some upsets, some some surprise picks. I I think the Washington pick for y'all is really surprising. Um, but most definitely, well, I, I mean, this is going to be – what was that, Mark? I'm sorry. Well, have you noticed a team that is hosting the, uh, the Super Bowl really don't make it to the Super Bowl? They don't really get advanced as far. So, I think there's a lot of money on the line, you know, with, with that. So, that's why I'm taking – Another reason why I think Washington is going to win. I mean, hey, that I mean that's a potential. And I mean, we've seen uh, teams that were hosting the Super Bowl choke. Such I think the last time a big one happened was uh, Minnesota losing the NFC Championship. Uh, when if they would have won, they would have hosted the Super Bowl when it was in Minneapolis. Uh, but again, I, that doesn't necessarily mean I think that they're going to lose to the seven and nine NFC East Championship, especially with Brady and how talented of a five seed uh, that this Bucks team is. But super exciting weekend, guys! This is the first wild card weekend. We get six games, a full slew of them, Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be great. We're super excited, and the Pittsburgh Steelers get Sunday night to top off the weekend. I absolutely love it. Uh, but that is going to be all the time that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in to the third episode of the Yenzational Podcast. We are super geeked to see our Pittsburgh Steelers, our Pittsburgh Steelers play a playoff game for the first time uh, since the 2017 season. So we're going to get it done. We're going to beat those Browns, and we are going to make it to the next round uh, on this tour uh, for Big Ben going in to try and see if we can get our seventh Lombardi. I'm Junior Riddle. These are my co-hosts, Mark and John, and this is the Yenzational Podcast, and we are out.